I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell to walk through April 13th. NHL action. DJ, we're after the trade deadline. Uh, how are you feeling on this Tuesday as we look through the six games ahead of us? Well, I decked the halls, if you will, with all my Taylor Hall stuff as he has passed on to the oh, other boy. side. Look, <laughs> you know I had to do it. You know I had to do it. I gave you crap the second you bought that jersey that you're wearing <laughs> right now. And I've never, I mean, I never once for a second regretted that, you know, oh, I'm mocking God. you. So, um, you know, <laughs> it was, it was one of those things where like the reverse retros come out and I wanted to get one for sure because I love jerseys. And I was like to my roommate, I was like, what are you going to get? Cause I'm thinking hall. And he's like, let's just both get a Taylor hall. And I was like, yep. Got to do it. No doubt in my <laughs> mind, just a no doubter. And then oh, like, yeah. Taylor Hall expected to re-sign with Buffalo after the season. I'm like, oh, what a purchase. What a great, great buy. It was not. Um, no, it, it did not. Yeah, it did not yeah. work. Um, I mean, do you just want to start right there with the trade? I mean, we yeah, we, we could talk about some trade deadline stuff. Before we do that, I, I do want to mention Price Fix. Uh, they are the presenting sponsor of the show. So, obviously, big thanks to Price Fix. Be sure to check them out. Uh, support the show, support Price Fix. PriceFix.com. Use promo code MMN when you sign up. Uh, it's pretty simple what you do over there. Once you do sign up, you pick up to five players. Uh, they're over or the under on their fantasy score. Uh, NHL, you even can pick uh, single stats. So shots on goal and saves for goalies. Uh, always fun to get uh, involved with those. And, you know, all, you're just sitting there, you look at the board. And if you like the over, you pick the over. If you like the under, you pick the under. You're not competing against, you know, thousands of other people. You're not competing against thousands of you know, simulations and all that. It's just you versus the board. Um, so it's definitely a lot of fun there. Um, you can even do cross sports. So, you know, for example, you really like an MLB pitcher, an MLB hitter, you like an NHL, you know, a goalie, and you like an NHL skater. There's four guys right there. You just, you know, tip, tip, tip. There's your, uh, there's your prize fix entry. You went up to 10X if you pick uh, all five correctly in your entry. Um, so use promo code MMN when you sign up to get up to a 100%, $100 match deposit bonus. So, DJ, that's prize fix. Now let's talk about some some of the NHL action that went down <clears throat> on Monday. So, I mean, I guess we can just start with Taylor Hall, given your, uh, you know, your, your jersey, <clears throat> but there's a lot of other stuff to uh, talk about as yeah. well. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the Taylor Hall trade, I think, will get the most negative press against Buffalo. Um, at maybe any team in any deal – I think the Sabres are going to come out looking maybe the worst with that return. But, you know, in, in retrospect, I think we're going to look back on it and realize that it is a, is a rental in a condensed season. Um, maybe the Bruins find a way to resign Taylor Hall, who knows, but no guarantee there. They also, the Sabres were kind of strapped to where they could send him. Obviously with Canada being what it is right now, that would have, you know, hurt his upside going across the border and he even admitted to the fact that he used his ability with his no trade movement to get where he wanted to go. So I'm not sure if I'm willing to just jump on the Sabres making the worst deal of the deadline bandwagon that I think so many have jumped onto. I don't know if Anders Bjork is anything to, you know, hold up as a, a great piece coming back. I don't know if he's a downgrade from Curtis Lazar in any variety. He might be a minor upgrade, but pretty similar comparable type of player. Mm-hmm. He is friends with Jack Eichel. Maybe maybe he convinces him to stay. I don't know. Like, yeah, the old uh, Danny O'Regan, Evan Rodriguez. Yeah. How, how'd those work out? Um, yeah, they you know. worked out great. <laughs> the Sabres are good. 
Yeah, uh, one other spot. I mean, you know, they're they're not on uh, what we're going to talk about game by game wise, but Columbus's work. You know, getting offing yeah. uh, David Savard and Nick Foligno, getting two firsts yep. plus in return for those guys. I mean, Yarmo Kekalainen, like right there. I mean, you know, there's sort of been this like, oh, is Torts done or is it Kekalainen going? Like, if the ownership has any idea what they're doing, like, my God, that that's that's how you you know manage your assets right there. Um, you know, getting first rounders this year for those two guys. So um, I definitely did like the work that Yarmo did. And, you know, given the, the decor that they have to build around, Ferensky, who sadly is out for the year, and Seth Jones, um, you know, they could come back next year with Bjorkstrand, Line, Texier looks real good. I mean, they have Domi, like they, they have the pieces there um, to, to maybe come back better, use those picks, um, you know, positively and truly sort of retool, like Yarmo said. But I did really like their trade deadline. Yeah, after, you know, a couple of years of them really selling off a lot of their picks. I mean, they had the one draft, they didn't pick like the fourth round. So they need to start, you know, retooling that prospect pool. And I think they did a great, great job. Um, again, just getting all of the value they possibly could have out of those two guys and giving them to two teams that are definitely in need of a, a guy or a piece or two to get them into the Stanley Cup contention. So good on both of them at their ends. Um, as far as fantasy relevance is concerned, there might have been no bigger trade than the Anthony Mantha deal, which is a part of the slate going from the Red Wings to the Capitals. Probably the biggest surprise of anything else. Um, didn't really see that one coming. The Red Wings, uh, <laughs> they received back Jacob Prana, who has been a guy we've talked about before. Richard Panic, more of a depth piece and, uh, you know, the cap, the cap consideration probably there more than anything else. A first round pick and a second in 2022. So that is good return for a guy that has, I still think 30 goal upside um, in the right situation. He's hit high twenties twice, one of them in a, a bit of a shortened season for him. So there's a chance that could really work out well for the capitals as well as it could, you know, totally dud, uh, especially because Ron is a pretty good prospect in his own right. Um, any thoughts there or any other deals? You yeah. I mean, too quickly before? Ron has been a darling because he <laughs> has one of the best primary point rates at five on five of any forward. And it's just the problem with him has always been like, he's just not playing minutes. So I don't know. I, I, I want to think, Oh, you know, Washington got screwed. Like Stevie Y did it again. Um, but I don't know. I just kind of trust the capitals at this point. Um, I, I really think that, you know, Mantha could step in and just be uh, an absolute force. Um, I mean, look at their top six wingers going into the playoffs. I mean, you're talking Ovechkin, Oshi, Mantha, Tom Wilson, like, oh my God, you do not want to go into the corners with those guys, you know, you're going to be banged up. So if they're looking to play, you know, that's, that's skilled, but strong type hockey, um, you know, that that's a really good look, I think for the caps. And, you know, we don't know how exactly they're going to use those guys, but uh, we can talk about yeah. that as you go through the games. So uh, let's kick things off on the six game slate here, talking about Buffalo at Boston. Um, obviously we mentioned Taylor Hall from the trade perspective, but you know, just from a player, like, how did this impact the Bruins perspective? Um, how does, you know, how does Taylor Hall move the needle for you or does he at all? I definitely think he moves the needle a little bit. I think what Taylor Hall has done so well in his career is his ability to transition the offense, um, take the puck into the offensive zone, which with the Krejci line, I think is going to be really nice. I think Nick Ritchie has been such a great shot taker for them and, and really has put up some pretty big shot on goal numbers that if they can continue to let him be that guy. Um, if Taylor Hall can can you know, 
move the puck down the ice and get him into good positions and use the playmaking ability of Krejci to, you know, kind of be the guy to find the right spot and get it over to Richie or the defenseman as long as they come back. That could be really useful for them. I mean, Boston has always been so strong with their secondary scoring that this year when it kind of fell off the map a bit, they've struggled. I mean, they're not the same Bruins team we're used to at the top of the division. Um, So, yeah, I I think it works out really nicely for them. It's definitely a great addition. Like how often can you get a Taylor Hall? Um, Very, very seldomly. And you also take Curtis Lazar and you give up a second and a guy that you're kind of, you know, that wasn't always a starter for them, pretty regular in the lineup, not always. Um, That'll, you know, you'll take that going down yeah, the stretch here. You know, so I, like my dad a few years ago got a car that was a new car, but it was used because it fell off of the truck when uh, it was being loaded into the new, you know, the car dealership. Literally fell off the truck and they had to sell it as used because it fell off. It's kind of what you're getting in Taylor Hall. You're, you're not quite getting the full thing, but you should be getting, you know, a recent MVP. Um, he just kind of fell off the truck a couple of years in a row. And, you know, yeah. um, I don't know. I, I, from the Bruins perspective, I just wanted to see them get a defenseman. Like, yeah. come on, you give up eight. They got Mike Riley. Uh, okay, <laughs> he's he's kind of an he's kind of a forward. Like, let's yeah, be real. No, I'm a good, um, yeah, no, I know. But you know, just like it, it made sense to me to I mean, almost sort of try to replace Chara. Um, you know, with a stay-at-home sort of stodgy type guy, they just don't really seem to have much on their blue line. So um, on okay. Tuesday night, you know, we're looking at. Boston minus 330, Buffalo plus 255. Um, we do not know the status of Charlie McAvoy or Matt Grizzlick at this point, but if both of those guys are out and this line does not move, um, by the way, I'm anticipating both those guys are out. Boy, plus 255 on Buffalo, awfully enticing. Um, I just, I think there's a lot to like about the way the Sabres are playing right now. They, they look fine. They, they look like they're actually somewhat competent offensively. Um, Olmark has been a revelation in net, as we sort of expected he would be uh, coming back, but he's just been solid, and this team looks competent again. And plus 255 for any team in this league, but particularly one, you know, that is going against a team that is icing the likes of Jack Akan, Stephen Kampfer, like guys who literally aren't even NHL players. Uh, you, you couldn't convince me that they were, you know, three or four months ago. Um, I, I just think that the Sabres make for a great money line but what are your thoughts there uh, or maybe even a puck line yeah i think the puck line is a little bit stronger uh, i could definitely see the scenario of a three to two game here um you know if boston can keep it out of their net which you know i don't think they're going to get pumped by eight goals again to the buffalo sabers so i really like the puck line for the sabers here at plus 106 as we're recording um i i would i would really like to say i like the under I'm not sure if I'm going to get there just because of how porous that defense is for Boston. If they don't get anyone back that Buffalo could conceivably put up two goals and, and, you know, Boston could uh, get an empty netter and make it four. And now all of a sudden you're kind of holding the bag when you, even though you kind of processed it correctly, Boston just doesn't have the defense to slow down even these pretty, you know, not good Sabres lines. Um, that's kind of the way I see this is like a slight leaning to the under and the puck line for the Sabres. And then just not, I'm, I'm not touching the like, minus, you know, three thirty Bruins or whatever it's going to end up being. That's not going to happen. And I'm mm-hmm. not going to parlay the Sabres. So I'll just be putting some money on the Sabres, which I just refuse to do. Um, other than that though, I think that the one player uh, to score odd that I'm pretty in on is Tage Thompson. He's not in the first power play, but he has actually been. And if you look at just this slate of players, 
he is a top 10 guy as far as I course see per 60 in the past 10 games. Um, right up there with likes of Zabinajad and Panarin over the last 10. As far as, you know, again, shots kind of just taken in general. You, know, you get a guy with, with, with these kind of odds with a playmaker of Casey Vittlestad who has really come on as a play, actually been the goal scorer more, more or not. Um, you know, either of those two, Casey at uh, plus 390 yeah. and Deja at plus 460 are, are pretty fair bets to take. Yeah, you are um, rarely going to see a guy with the just straight up shot projection that Tage Thompson has um, for this game at such long of odds to score. So I do think that's a great value yeah. bet. Um, you're probably not finding shot props on him, you know, anywhere. But if you do, uh, I absolutely you know think that those are very much in play. Um, we've been seeing Olofsson, uh, you know, two and a half at like plus one forties lately. I if you can find one of those numbers, I would definitely lap it up. Um, I think that, you know, he looks slightly better, you know, playing next to Reinhardt and Skinner. So um, Olofsson is pretty interesting. Obviously, the power play next to Dalene, that's a big part of it as well. So um, I kind of like those two guys. As far as, you know, the, the big guns from Boston, they did reunite Pasternak, Bergeron, Marchand. So to me, it's sort of like you're either playing all of them in DFS or you're just not really going there. And you're taking, say, a one-off of Taylor Hall or something like that. Um, because we're not expecting Hall to be on the top power play. Um, I, you know, I just don't think, I think there's other spots I want to spend a ton of money on this slate. Um, so I don't really think Boston is really all that intriguing to me. Um, and maybe that comes back to bite me. Um, but I think we can move on from here unless you had anything else. I mean, the one DFS note that if we don't mention, I feel like we'll, we'll be doing a disservice is that Jack can, I know you mentioned him as not really an NHL player. He did play on the first power play unit last game though. Um, he's 23, a smaller build, 5'8 defenseman. I, you could see a scenario where he has some good offensive upside. He was the captain of St. Cloud in 2020 um, and 25 points. And then in the AHL has eight points in 14 games this year, kind of getting his first taste of a full pro season of hockey. By, by no stretch is he a clear-cut guy that's an NHL player right now. He's, he's not, but he's seeing the minutes and he's playing with guys that you just mentioned in the perfection line. And the power play, so him to get a point, it, you know, a I'm you're not going to find that bet, but if he gets a point in DFS, <laughs> he's two point five. Yeah. 2.5. yeah. Um, so right. if the Bruins were a power play goal, it's you know it could happen. So I think we got to mention that note, and then we can move on. Yeah, I mean, we could always see David Krejci come back to the quarterback that unit too. Like we just don't really know. That's part of the know, problem but... with me. Um, so. All right. Um, let's go over to Philly at Washington. Washington minus one fifty five here. Uh, over under six and a half. Um, so boy, a lot of the goals are going to be coming from this game. Every other game tonight, five and a half. So right away, I, I still kind of like the over there. I love yeah. this Washington side. And I think that the Philly side is, you know, just as likely to put up some goals here. So I, I do like Washington money line, you know, minus 155 just seems too uh, long of odds. We did get an indication that Anthony Mantha should play on Tuesday night. Uh, apparently he's driving from Detroit to Washington, so he should be good to go. Um, I just, I don't know. I just really like this Washington team at the moment as currently constructed. You know, it seems like Backstrom's playing at his peak. Uh, Ovi obviously looks great because that's of is putting up numbers. Even Lars Eller, you know, uh, he helped TJ Oshie get a hat trick. Like you're talking three lines that are uh, potent and you're talking, you know, a Philly side that, um, you know, <laughs> a loss aside to the Sabres, has been, you know, uh, 
putting up numbers offensively as well. So uh, give me the over here and give me the Washington side. What are your thoughts? I agree with that. Um, I do think it's going to teeter down to a six by the time you're listening to this, but we'll see where it ends up. But I'm, I'm very in on the over here. This is a, a game stack I'm definitely going to have in DFS. And the shot props I'm going to be taking are Konechny and Ovechkin. Um, I'm going to be having a lot of exposure to this game embedding not only in DFS, but in the sports books for multiple reasons. I think there's a lot of good pace in this game and a lot of upside for the, the scores to really take flight here. Um, so guys that I kind of like, you know, connecting at plus 250 to score, he's really coming back to that form that we mentioned before the season started. We thought he'd be a primary shot taker. He's finally doing it. So I want to get in on it um, before he kind of gets back to those elite levels where I think he should be. 250 isn't the craziest odds in the world, but I think he's a much better shot of scoring than Giroux and um, others in this little range here. So I like it a lot, um, but definitely the shot props are a lot easier. And then the Washington side, I, I'm pretty in on as well. Um, you know, the Flyers goaltending has just been not there, non-existent, and I'm not going to bet on that to show up here against the, the Capitals at home. Yeah, um, Ovi plus 100 to score, just – I'm betting that he has scored in yeah. each of the four games this year against the Flyers. Uh, he had 10 who, who shots hasn't? on goal last game, 10, like one, zero. That's a huge number. Um, he didn't and even score in that one. So, you know, I, I just, you know, like it should be minus, <laughs> like I get it. It's plus 150, 50 to score, but honestly, I think you should be like at least minus 120 or whatever, like David Pasternak is. Um, so I really like Ovechkin here on that goal prop. Um, I, you know, so give me that. Like you said, connect me on the flyer side. He seems resurgent. So definitely in on his props where you can find them. And yeah, um, that's, that's about it. I know I've been in on the Provorov over shots on FanDuel. I found that a lot at two and it's been, you know, right around even. So um, I'm in on that. If you can find it as well, though, uh, it is worth noting that the Drew Voracek duo kind of got separated from Provorov recently. So you know, in DFS, you're looking at Goss Despair uh, with Konechny and Drew Voracek on that power play. So uh, just some notes and some of our favorite thoughts from that game. Anthony Mantha, I mean, we're thinking he suits up next to Nick Backstrom, um, but he's 4.8 on this slate. Like, is he a guy you're looking to take a flyer on? Um, you know, I'm sort of thinking Nick Backstrom, but how do you think he fits into this lineup? Yeah, taking a flyer against the Flyers. Yeah, I, I do. I do really. Oh, no, I, I like Mantha here. Uh, if he plays at 4,900, I think that he's a guy that we could really see a jump. I The big drawback is I doubt he gets in the first power play unit in this first game. Never. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he ever well, plays there. Yeah, but. <clears throat> yeah, so at 4,900, you are getting a guy that's going to be maybe making his debut, which it's good narratively, but I don't know if there's like the math to back it up entirely here. Um, but playing with Backstrom, he could end up taking like five, six shots on goal here and really making do with it. So it, it, it's a tough call. I don't know if I'm going to have it. I almost would better take Hall at the same price, but either or they're, they're fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I think he plays alongside Backstrom. I think he could even replace Daniel Sprong and just play with Sherry who had the you know outstanding game on Sunday. So, you know, that's an area where I think you could take advantage and be first basically to like, rather than wait and see, you know, be aggressive with it. But I do think, you know, him and Taylor Hall are obviously fitting that mold. So let's go from there into the Rangers at New Jersey game. Um, 
you know, if you told me one of these games was a five and a half or a six and a half on this slate, I would have said Rangers at Devils. Um, frankly, I don't understand why the total is only five and a half. Um, so I'm all over that over. Um, I really like it. As far as the sides go, minus 175 for the Rangers on the road versus the Devils plus 150. That's a bit of a toss-up for me at the moment. Um, we don't have much clarity on the status of either Pavel Zaka, who left over the weekend uh, with an injury, did not return, nor the status of Nico Heischer, um, who is slated to return, but we don't really know where and what context. Is he you know, fully good to go? Or is this like, uh, we just don't really know much about the situation. Um, so my inclination is to lean with the plus 150 odds on New Jersey. Um, but my favorite bet from this game is absolutely the over. So what are your thoughts on the Rangers yeah. at Devils? Honestly, I, I really like the Rangers side here a lot. Like I'm honestly considering the Rangers puck line, um, which is a is a risk I'm not sure if I'm going to end up taking entirely here. But I just don't see who's going to score for these Devils. Um, let's just say Zaka's out. Let's just say Heesher is out especially. Who, who's scoring? I mean, Jack Hughes, okay. And who? Cherengovich, I think. Miles roughly. Wood. Yeah, Sharon Govich, you did it. Nice job, nice job, dude. Yeah, thank you. I, I think he, I honestly, like one of the better shot takers on this entire slate. Um, but I, I just don't trust the Devils to find a way to get too many goals. Like I'm very in on the starter for the Rangers in net. Um, I don't know on the over under. You know, if it's five and a half, I, I'm going to be thinking about it. But I almost would rather just kind of ride my lineups to the Rangers goalie one, and hopefully it's. Um, Shesterkin, but if it isn't, you know, I'd be talking to uh, Georgiev as well and not worrying too much about what the Devils are doing or not doing, just playing some Rangers and moving on. And I think the Rangers are, you know, kind of one of the the, the better up-and-coming teams in the league, and I think they're figuring out more and more as the year goes on and as players are getting this professional experience together. Um, I know Panarin just put up an absolute zero last time out, but I could see him bouncing back here. Um, against not the Islanders, but the Devils seems like a better matchup to me. Just a little um, bit. Just a little bit. So only other kind of, I guess, notes or things that we should get to, and I don't want to say his name wrong, and I don't know if I, I really love the bet, but I'll pass it to you. Who was playing this time with Zabinajed and Buznevich? Are you talking about Vitaly Kravtsov? Yeah, Kravtsov. It's got to be, yeah. It's, 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 it's such a weird thing to do, like the VT. Krabs off. Yeah. Like he was playing with them. He played 13 minutes, all five on five. So no power play time at all. Minimum salary on, on daily fantasy um, over on DraftKings. So maybe he's plus 300 to score. He, but he is kind of profiled to be a, maybe a shot taker. Like we're not really sure yet because there's really not a ton of like hard analytics from the, the Russian league. So I don't know, but I don't read Russian. So tough, tough to find out. But, but in the past few games, he's definitely had enough shots for me to start to consider that, you know, Zabija could be setting him up. Um, I, I think too early to tell, probably not to be jamming him in myself, but definitely wanted to get to that. Uh, yeah, other I mean, than that, here, are there, yeah, any like, props look, if, you want to get to? Yeah, if you want to, sorry to say the word flyer again, given the slate, but if you want to flyer on this slate as far as, as far as the goals are concerned, I mean, I guess Colin Blackwell was a bit priced up at plus 200, but if you are as in on the Rangers as you're saying, like if Panarin has a game, Strom is a passer. Panarin's a passer. Blackwell's been pretty damn good lately. Um, so you know, I, I just I, like it's really tough to stomach that. Like my or plus two hundred five, um, but you might find a better line in other books for one and mm-hmm. two. 
Um, his price on DraftKings is still right around the 3K mark. He is far too cheap. He's getting second power play time. Like, I just don't see a need to take a stab on a guy like Kravtsov. Um, yeah. You know, when, yes, he should be a very good player, um, but so should have, you know, Lafreniere and Kabokako. Sometimes it just takes time. And what we're seeing with Blackwell is just, he's already doing it for whatever reason, you know, uh, Rochester American zone last year, Colin Blackwell. Um, he's, he's just been putting it up uh, night in night out. And I think as long as he sticks with that Panarin line, you know, he's really good. So, um, you know, that's sort of where I'm limiting like my deep dives here uh, on this, in this <clears> game. That's fair. That's definitely very fair. I mean, the, I think more or less, if I'm doing a lot of props here, I'll do a multi-point game from one of these Rangers. Um, just the devil's moving out so much. I think that they're going to, you know, there could be a good amount again. So getting like a multi-point Panarin or a multi-point, yeah. even, yep. you know, Brian like Strom, honestly, uh, might, might be the way I go about this. But yeah, yeah I, Kratzoff is uh, probably it, just intriguing, Panarin. but not 16 goals last year in the Russian league. Um, so yeah, it could be, it could be good in the future, but we can move on unless there's any other news or notes you want to say in this game. No, nah, I mean, uh, P.K. Subban suffered a gnarly cut to his leg. Oh, God. Um, if you, that if you look that gross. up. Yeah. It's, I hate it's stitches. A... <laughs> I don't know if anyone cares, but, like, when I see stitches, I, I get very not happy in the stomach. They I yeah. gross me out so much. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he should be he should be good to play, though. Like, he got stitched up and yeah. uh, returned over yeah, the weekend. He, didn't miss so, a, like... he said he didn't miss a minute. That was, like, his yeah. tweet. Like, he yeah. missed a second. Yeah. So... You know, good for him. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, would expect him to play and all that. And he's been, you know, fine, but he's a bit pricey in DFS. So I don't really know what I want to do with that. So let's go over to Calgary at Toronto. Um, I mean, we could start with saying, you know, Toronto minus 240, uh, over under five and a half. But really, I just want to talk to you about the Church of Awesome Matthews because you know, it was it was just a few weeks ago we were saying like, oh, his wrist is hurt and he's not going to do very good. Um, but you know what? He's really good. He's back at it better than ever. Um, I am just jamming him in in DFS here. There's really, you know, him and Ovechkin are the two jams, in my opinion. Um, he has a five game goal streak going Austin Matthews does. So I don't really want to play the, you know, the hand grenade game of which Leafs team shows up, the one that gives up a ton of goals or the team that just trounces everyone in Canada. Um, so I don't really know what to do there, but this game feels like an over to me, um, five and a half, you know, Calgary struggle, struggling to score. Um, but we should be seeing a Toronto goalie, not named Jack Campbell, which has been a good recipe for success. Um, so, you know, I think that this game goes over and I really like Austin Matthews. So any thoughts on the sides here, you know, are you taking Calgary at plus 195 or anything else? I'm not taking Calgary. That that that's an easy stay away from me. Um, even though everything in my gut, like or like how you do this is like, oh, well, Toronto's on a back to back and all that. I'm just not doing it. Calgary seems to be dead. Um, I'm pretty sure it, it's it's a done deal there. They traded off some assets, and I'm just not going to that well. I'd rather just take the over. I think uh, and move on. Like you mentioned, we're probably not getting Campbell and anyone else in that. Even though I mean, ironically, Riddich was the guy that was traded over to Toronto coming over from the flame. Um, <laughs> I about that. Yeah. That's so, actually really funny. Yeah. I, don't, I have no idea if he's going to play or not. I'm not sure if we have any indication quite yet on that front. Um, I know Aunt Freddie Anderson won't be playing. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I think, I think he could be available. Hey, Maybe if it's, guy. if it's Redditch, they know where to shoot. <laughs> yeah. You know? Right. So yeah, I, 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 no, I'm, 
I, I, I think that I like the over more than anything else here. Just get the over. I think that Calgary could find a couple goals and Toronto could put five up um, without too much of a struggle. So I definitely like that. I, I love the, the Martyrs Matthews that I'm going to have that a lot in DFS. Um, other than that, I'm not sure if there's a, a ton of equity you're going to find in these props. Like the Matthews one is going to be pretty tough to stomach the pricing on, but I think you could do it. Um, other than that, ah, you know, is there one guy on, on Calgary that maybe I'm overlooking or I mean, I, I don't think I, I talk just, myself into any of their props. Like, I just really think that they're so underpriced here. I mean, Mark Giordano yeah. looks like he's back on the top power play unit. He's mm-hmm. seven to one to score a goal. He has three goals in his last 10 games. Like, I mean, seven to one for a guy in the top power play against a back-to-back Leafs team starting maybe a goalie that Giordano's been shooting on for the last five years. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, sign me up for that, I feel like. And, you know, DFS is a whole different story because, I mean, we're talking about Johnny Gaudreau at 4,500. Um, you know, Sean Monahan at 4,300. Um, I think I side with the Gaudreau because as of last game, they're playing with Gaudreau. Uh, they're playing Gaudreau with Lindholm and Matthew Kachuk. But they are just loading up their top line. They are loading up uh, those two, those three guys on the top power play with Giordano, and either you know Monahan or Rasmus Anderson. We're not too sure. Um, last game was a bit of a you know a weird game given they won five nothing against the uh, Oilers. But I don't think that Calgary wins this game outright. But man, I really think this game is you know uh, going to be a showdown as far as you know up and down tempo. We don't get that much from the from the flames, but I think that Toronto could bring it out of them. So um, I like to overhear a lot and I do like a lot of these flames pieces. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think this is game stackable for the reasons you just yep. said. And um, um, last, just last piece that I wanted to mention, and then you can close out any thoughts. Um, Alex Galchenyuk has been playing with Marner and Matthews. Of course, you know, they did the thing where they lost on Monday. So those lines could go in a blender we saw both Wayne Simmons and Joe Thornton on the top power play on Monday with Matthews, Marner, and Riley. So this game's a 7.30 start. Um, if you're playing DFS, we're not going to know until like seven on the nose whether Galchenyuk's on that top line or whether it's a Wayne Simmons who's been there before, a Joe Thornton who's been there before, and their top power play guys. I think you should leave some spots in your lineups to just, just see, you know, Matthews with uh, Simmons, Matthews with Thornton, and you're getting guys in GPPs who should be, if they are on that line with Matthews, 15, 20% owned, you'll get them basically unowned, I feel like. So um, yeah. just keep an eye out there and maybe take a flyer on a guy like Wayne Simmons at plus 310 to score. Uh, he's the net front guy. He's the grinder, you know, uh, and if he's playing on the top line, even better. So uh, I, I do like uh, Wayne Simmons just specifically for his goal prop. No, that's, I think that's a good spot to end it on. And um we can move on okay. to the second last game of the night. And as you mentioned, that the, the Toronto game is the, only, the lone 7.30. The 8 o'clock game, Tampa Bay at Nashville. So I think a lot of people might rush to this Tampa Bay line at minus 165. But Tampa Bay has been pretty uh, back to earth or, I don't know, like human as of late. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're bad I, they're, for they're their standards. Weird. That's right. <clears throat> I'm not going to say this game's a stay away. I'm just not touching a single shot on goal prop from any lightning forwards until they just stop telling all their defensemen to be the only ones that shoot. Like it's been very frustrating. So Tampa Bay uh, 
seems like they're going to be all about Stamkos. Uh, that sounds like it's not a 1,000% lock, but almost. Um, so their lines were very weird last game. I don't know how much I want to cover it because we don't know what they're going to be doing here. They played Nashville that last time out, correct? And they won three to nothing. That was, that was last game, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. Nashville played, uh, wait, no. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they did. They did. I'm sorry. I'm looking at UC Saros' game logs, and I'm like, wait, what? They're, but that's because Pecorino played that game. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so yeah. anyways, though, so the lines for Tampa were Yanni Gord with Goodrow Coleman that actually led their five-on-five, five, but that's just because they won three to nothing. So line one being Sorelli point Palats, um, which all actually correlated on the first power play. But as I know, we talked about the Warner Skate Pod, we're not positive about Sorelli being there. On that first power play unit, that seems like it's still could be um, Kalorn's spot. Uh, Kalorn was with Tyler Johnson and Matthew Joseph, and then they had the two-man Maroon and Colton, uh, Ross Colton, automatic goal scorer um, <laughs> down there, uh, kind of shaping up the 11-7 and seven that they ran. So with all that being said, um, what are your thoughts on this game in general? Obviously, Nashville also – a ton of injuries yeah. and other things going on, but what are your thoughts on this? Game? Yeah, I mean, if if there if all of that wasn't enough to just scream stay away from you, um, how about this? In his last ten games, UC Saros, we're expecting him to start, has a nine fifty nine save percentage. <laughs> He's good. Like, I mean, this is otherworldly at, at this point, and you know, I don't want this to be the night that I go all in on Nashville, and you know, Saros comes back to earth or. You know, I go all in on Saros and, hey, by the way, Tampa's going to score eight goals and, you know, end your night early. So I just, this game's, you know, like you said, scream, stay away. Um, I don't really have a sense on the over or the under. None of these team, you know, neither of these two sides really stand out to me. Just the underlying numbers are pretty meh for both of the teams. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for that reason, I think I'm out. Um, David Savard. Could be a good ad. You know, he's playing alongside Hedman's apparently. He's going to be pretty cheap over on the old uh, fantasy sites. So if you want some block shots, you should get them for very cheap. Uh, You should see a lot of minutes there. So I don't know. Just just a guy who um, I don't even know if we need to talk about the fact that they got a first rounder for him. But, um, you know, just just. He's noteworthy, but probably doesn't move the needle for me in any particular manner. Tampa's all in again, as they should be. But yeah, I think that this game is, uh, I like the under, if anything, uh, probably more of a stay away. And then on the DFS angle on this, there's two very cheap defensemen that I think are very in play. Sergeyev was on that first power play. He's also been shooting a ton, um, a, a lot ton. of really yep. good, a uh, lot of ton and blocking a ton. I mean, he's been a really, really good DFS asset. It's a five, uh, a five K, you know, I think that that's very fair. And then Ryan Ellis at 4,200 coming back from the injury, getting, you know, kind of like maybe testing the waters with 19 minutes and then right back to 24 um, with the goal. He's just an awesome, awesome player. Both of those guys are still very much in play. Um, I don't think you need to go crazy with stacking. You know, it's a six games late. Maybe you want to get a piece with one of them, but I don't know if it's entirely necessary to still consider them as one-offs at, yeah. on defense. Yeah, no, I love both those guys as well. Um, they seem to be perfect sort of uh, mid-range defensemen on a slate that I don't think you're too hard-pressed to go you know, full punt on defense. But, um, you know, 
Uh, I like both, and I'm not really sure how you maybe flip a coin, just pick between Sergachev and Ellis because they're sort of both in play for the same reasons. So um, let's get over to the last game of the night. Um, Florida at Dallas. Florida minus 110 uh, spot here. You know, so Dallas, basically a pick em for this Dallas team that is uh, 15, 14, and 11, and a Florida team that is 26, 12, and 4. You know, like <laughs> that's definitely saying something about this Dallas team, how they've underperformed so far this year. Um, but I don't know. I think I'm just going to keep riding this Florida side. Um, so give me Florida on the road, minus 110. I'll take that all day. Uh, over, under, I think I'll pass. You know, five and a half seems like a fair number. Definitely not my favorite game of the night from a DFS perspective. But I think there are, you know, a lot of avenues to it absolutely exploding as well. So uh, any any yeah. immediate thoughts on those two things? Maybe I'm a little bit stronger on the under than you are, um, but I definitely like the Florida side a lot. That just seems like a really weird line to, to give. I mean, Dallas just beat them four to one recently, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to put too much stock into that. Uh, Florida's big problem has been their defense. They've kind of just spread out the minutes to, you know, seven guys that are not great. Um, but hopefully, you know, it, with the additions coming on Thursday of Montour, um, was there another defenseman? Oh, so is Lucas Carlson a defense? I don't think he is. I think he's a forward. He, uh, we should we should know this. <laughs> I mean, please, please listen in the comments. Uh, you know, like yell at us for not tell us everything you know about uh, Lucas Carlson. Uh, I, I will have Lucas listen. Carlson, and I thought it with a K, and that's a Swedish handball player. Oh, not nice. The guy we want. So this is Lucas Carlson. Maybe there's a prize pick. A defenseman. He's a defenseman. Yeah, I know, right? He is a defenseman. So, oh, okay, um, cool. They did, they did add another. I thought he was, but when you like weren't sure, I'm like, oh, let me double check. Yeah, 23 year old defenseman. Um, from the, he was playing on the Blackhawks. I don't was that a trader? He get waived. They got waived. He, he was part of the. Uh, he was part of the trade. They sent uh, Stillman and mm, okay, okay, God, okay, someone yeah. Henestrosa, maybe. No, I, 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 maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah. At some okay. point, you know, at some point, all these to, trades just yeah, the uh, they're yeah, but pretty relevant. What, what's most important here, um, and and the, and the most important thing in this entire game is Parkoff, um, who is an unbelievably great player in his own right, and his line mates. Uh, if I told you who played the most five on five minutes in the last game against Dallas, and you said Marchment, you would be correct. <laughs> <laughs> they just love him. It's they just so love great. him because I love twenty-one minutes. Too, but... Uh, Barkov at 22 and Verhage at 20. Verhage did play on the first power play with Barkov, Hornquist, Huberto, and Yandel. Mm-hmm. Um, Marshman on the second unit. So, man, man, is it is it a enticing first line to take? I, I'm pretty in on it myself, even though I don't like this over. But I do think that you know Barkov could go for two goals and an assist and one to Verhage or Marshman or something, and you just got like th- that right first line that I don't think is overpriced. Um, are you going to be able to get Ovechkin and Matthews? Nope. You're, you know, you're committing to that bit. You might only get one of them. So it's going to be interesting, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very in on that myself. Yeah. I mean, um, I love the Barkov uh, for Hagee and Marchment line. I almost want to say the Robertson hints duo, if you're looking to bet player props offer more value than those guys. So, which is, you know, crazy. I think there is just a lot of value on those guys in particular. Um, Rupe hints plus 280 to score has been a man on a mission 
Like, I mean, maybe his mission is just to prove that he's not hurt and that we should stop saying he's day to day. I don't know. Um, but man, is he putting up points? Is he just doing everything you want to see from him? Um, he is an explosive playmaker. He's dynamic with the puck on his stick and he's, you know, obviously putting the puck in the net as well this season with 13 goals in 29 games. So like, I think that plus 280 for him is just, I think that's a great value. And Jason Robertson at plus 250, he's been the more reliable sort of steady shot producer. So I love his shot props where you can find them. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, there's, I think just a lot of value in the top guys in this game. And especially on the Florida side, you know, we've been, uh, we've been dabbling in guys like Tippett and whatever. Um, But if they bring in Sam Bennett, if they bring in Nikita Gusev and those guys take up any sort of, you know, equity, um, I I don't really think there's a lot to like among these depth pieces. Um, So I guess that will, unless you had anything else here, I guess we can get right into our top bets for the night. Yeah. Just, just the Barkov over on shots. I'm I'm probably hammering that in over two and a half. So be hammering that, but yeah, we can get over to our top bets. That, That might be one of them, honestly, but yeah, the um, so I mean, the all broken hearted parlay is absolutely in play here. Uh, Taylor Hall to score, Brandon Montour to score, you know, just just put it in the books. Like, um, I guess, I guess you guys yeah. don't know our history of Brandon Montour, but we oh, God. as Sabres fans were absolutely elated when they traded for Montour a few years ago. Um, you know, he was in Anaheim, he looked dominant during that playoff run Anaheim had on the top power play. And he was like one of my favorite players in the league. And I was just like, you know, DFS every night playing him. And then the Sabres traded for him. And I'm like, oh my God, they're so, they're so sharp. Like, oh my God, like, this is great. Didn't really work. Um, So now he's going to leave. He's going to flourish. Taylor Hall, same deal. So absolute lock of the night. Taylor Hall, Brandon Montour to score. And DJ and Matt to cry. Um, I don't think Montour is going to play, but. That's true. So you have to wait till Thursday to get this bet, but we'll be right back here talking about how it's going to happen. No, but it's, but yeah, we'll have no, our the, box the, of tissues ready. If, if the, if you make a bet and you know, it'll make Sabres fans sad, you're guaranteed to hit. So I do agree with yeah, that. I think fair. honestly, this is Taylor all a hat trick is the way to go. Fair. Um, yeah. To, <laughs> to outscore his Sabres production. All right. <laughs> top bets of the night. Here we go. Um, my top bet honestly is this Rangers devils over. I know it looks like on paper, we don't know who's going to score for the Devils. And I kind of agree with that. I just feel like they're going to score. You know, like they have, they've done enough offensively in the past to really show me that they are interested in playing the game of hockey. Unlike maybe a, you know, a team like the Flyers or the Sabres has shown us. Um, And the Rangers are not good defensively. Like, you know, we're not kidding ourselves and saying that they're just not very good. Um, Mm -hmm. So I, I think the Rangers can get there on their own. You know, they put up five. You just need one from the Devils, and this could be a four to three game. So, um, give me the over on the Rangers and Devils. Yeah, I mean, I like the the Washington minus one fifty five a lot. I just don't think that's right, um, especially with the addition of Mantha. Sounds like he's going to play. Yeah, just give me that. Uh, Philly lost a couple of pieces there. I just don't think that they're going to get it done with their goaltending in Washington with Ovechkin shooting, and you could just topple me in with Ovechkin shot prop over. Uh, if it's four and a half, if it's seven, I don't care. Like, just, <laughs> I'm jamming. I, I I like the gold prop more than I like a shot prop on Ovechkin. Yeah, to be honest, but um, that's fair. Know, I, I get it. Like both anything Ovechkin is obviously something you don't have to convince me too hard of. Nope. Um, all right, for my second one, 
Let's do Matthews to score a goal. Um, yeah, I was going to take Ovi, but you kind of stole the thunder there. Um, and okay. I'm okay. I'm okay laying the, you know, just laying the juice there. Um, you know, Matthews does have five goals against the Flames this year. And a couple of those games came during the time where, uh, you know, his little wrist was hurt. So I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't ding him too much for that. And yeah, I mean, I just, he's playing like a man on a mission right now to just score goals. Um, and whoever he plays with, I also like, but we just won't know that until puck drop. So, um, yeah, give me Matthews to score. All right. And with that, we'll go to our favorite stacks of the night. Um, <clears throat> there's, you know, six games here. So uh, I'll just ask you quickly, you know, does that make you more inclined to play a lineup that has multiple three-man or four-man stacks? Or do you think that it doesn't definitely matter? Or what, what yeah, are your thoughts? I mean – it does. And the reason being just, it's just so much less likely that the one-off piece that you hit is going to be a one-off piece in other people's lineups as well. So for example, there's only 12 teams you can stack here. So if you get, you know, four different pieces from four different teams to score goals, odds are almost all of those are going to be built around by other people who are going to capitalize on the assists. Um, so I sort of am fine on bigger slates that we usually have to cover you know, sort of threading the needle going, oh, I'll take a two-man stack here. I'll correlate a defenseman there. But I'm not too over the moon, like especially in these like 100-man, 200-man fields in, you know, actually correlating like hardcore. I think tonight you just kind of got to do it um, because there's only six games, these smaller slates. You know, I just sort of think that's the correct way to go about things to win these top-heavy prize pools. Um, so, you know, for me, that means I'm kind of starting with, you know, a top stack, be it the Toronto stack or the Washington stack, but I'm, I'm not really trying to take bits and pieces and then making it work. I'm more trying to get like a bunch of correlation off the top and then I'll make the lineup work. Okay. Perfect. Glad we, you know, I asked the right question because that, I was hoping you'd say something of that nature. Okay. So with that, I'll just take one you just said in that Washington stack, Kuznetsov, Ovi and Carlson, Um, all three of them. I don't really know if I'm going to dabble with tom wilson but i could see a scenario of why you do it uh but that's that's my first one all right um yeah i mean let's build around our 7-1 goal scorer and mark giordano and we'll just go to top line uh right now for calgary which is Elias lindholm johnny Gaudreau, and matthew kachuk um i have some reason to believe that matt or, uh, elias lindholm at 5.3 could slightly overshadow or be overshadowed by monahan at 4.3 um, so, you know, we'll see what the optimizers, the projections out there are saying, but I, I do kind of think that people might just look at the Monaghan price and overreact to that versus, you know, taking into account the new lines in Calgary, but remains to be seen there. I just like all of those guys for their prices and do think they offer a ton of upside relative to those prices. Okay. Yeah, definitely great there. So I, I picked one that isn't the most expensive, but isn't a great value. Um, I'm not sure if this is the best value in the world or not, but getting that Panarin, Strom, and Blackwell, I think it's going to be another one of the stables. It's it's not, it's cheap enough, and I think it's a good price. And if they do stick together, which you never know, I mean, they've they've moved Kako there and other guys, but I, I assume they'll probably stay together, so I'll have a piece of that. Yeah, and um, give me a Toronto power play stack. Maybe you get creative here and leave off Mitch Marner. Um, you know, I think you should have some Mitch Marner if you play Matthews, but for, for the sake of this argument, let's go Matthews, Morgan Riley, and Wayne Simmons. And just think, you know, Simmons is out there collecting the, the dirty garbage. 
Um, you know, he gets those rebound goals, whatever. And Matthews has, you know, a typical Matthews night and that gets you there. It also lets you pay up for one of these other stacks that you like as well without needing to force in Mitch Marner. Um, so I like that for a bit of a unique twist to the classic uh, Toronto look. Yep. And with all that being said, um, goalie, like I think I'll have a lot of Shesterkin if he starts. Uh, we kind of skipped over that. Uh, but yeah, Shesterkin, I think will be pretty strong. I think if you if you are dumpster diving for goalie, I mean, A, I, I don't know if you're, that's going to be the smartest call. But I could see a scenario where I include a Markstrom. Um, not that he's been unreal great or anything, but you know, Toronto could end up having like 40 shots on net. And if that's the case on a back-to-back, if they just don't find the goals, he could win the slate. So that would probably be the, the two guys. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to talk myself into taking a Calgary goalie here, but the odds of them winning are not crazy. And I think that there's a chance that he could, you know, smash in the right circumstance. Um, yeah, I mean, same argument could go for Linus Olmark as well. I don't think I'll go there myself. Um, I'm probably going to try to find the money for Vanacek or Samsona, whoever starts, um, you know, despite it being a six and a half over under, I just think there'll be a ton of shots there. Um, so I might just ride that wave with Washington. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are a number I, of solid goalies. I think we haven't even mentioned the Florida Dallas guys and, you know, that game could be a very classic, you know, two to one with 30 shots each. And you're just looking for a handful more to get you that bonus that you're always looking for. So um, yeah, I mean, that's some goalie talk for you. So if you want more DFS specific talk, be sure to check out the morning skate podcast. Um, that's always, uh, we do that sort of in tandem with this show, I would say we focus more on the betting here and some of the DFS and we just go all in on the DFS principles and stuff over there. So if you're interested, be sure to find us there at Wonderscape Pod on Twitter and, you know, on all your podcast apps or whatever. Um, yeah, there's, you know, there's a ton of other stuff going on with the Mayo Media Network. I'm sure, as you all know, at this point, um, you know, Pat posted stuff for this week's golf tournament. If you're hooked by the Masters, um, you know, be sure to check out his stuff for this weekend as well should be another, you know, fun encore to the masters tournament. There's baseball, you know, fantasy baseball picks and bets is up posting every single day. Um, so, you know, just be sure you're taking in all of what we have to offer here at the Mayo media network. Yeah. Um, other than that, make sure you check out prize picks. Uh, I definitely cannot wait. I'm going to definitely plan on getting some money in there and visiting some of my friends out in Massachusetts or something soon, because I have been just, pining for the opportunity to play. So if you're lucky enough to be in a state where you can, I think, you know, we do all this research and I know a lot of people that listen do research in multiple sports. And if you're not taking advantage of, of some, I, you know, some prize picks, you're really missing out on a great opportunity. So check that out. Um, follow us on social media at DJ underscore Mitchell for myself and at Big moods. I did a full breakdown with one of my buddies on the, uh, trade deadlines, which you can check out on my feed um, or on the Morning State podcast feed. I retweeted on both locations. Um, Matt, is there anything else you want to mention? Nope, that's it. Um, so, you know, again, big thanks to Prize Fix here and uh, good luck on Tuesday night, everybody. So we will see you. <laughs>